Hello. Hello. This is Joya Italiano. And this is Jeff Ekman. And welcome to No But That's a Thing. A podcast where we talk about the science ideas that are contained in sci-fi movies. Yeah, neither of us are experts in any of these things, but we care about them and we feel like we can make it interesting for you. So we Googled some stuff after watching a movie and here we go. Here we go. Hello. Welcome to the program. We just watched the trailer for The Fly. After having watched the actual movie yeah, last yeah. week. Yeah, we haven't just like streamlined it to just watching trailers yeah, yet. That we haven't so gotten funny that lazy. If we just were like, yeah. we watched the trailer for a movie anyway, Googling stuff. Anyway, although that that's funny in its own right, watching a trailer and then just like writing the screenplay yourself. That, that actually would be a great fun right? experiment. I do feel like The Fly, the trailer... I think it, it got me at the edge of my seat. I want to well, see what's in this movie. You know what I mean? Let's hear a little bit from that trailer. Sorry, I have three other interviews to do before this party's over. Yeah, but they're not working on something that'll change the world as we know it. They say they are. Yeah, but they're lying. There is a limit, even to the imagination. Human teleportation. Where our greatest creations meet our deepest fears. Something went wrong, Seth. When you went through... You are about to go... Beyond that limit. Those weird hairs that were growing out of your back, I, I had them analyzed. But they were definitely not human. You're afraid to be destroyed and recreated, aren't you? Oh, no. What's happening to me? Am I dying? What does the disease want? It wants to turn me into something else. Oh, no. A fly got into the transmitter pipe with me that first time when I was alone. I'm afraid! Don't be afraid! No. Be afraid. Be very afraid. <laughs> Right. Okay, <laughs> now that we've listened to that. The thing that we literally just found out looking it up right after watching the trailer was that the phrase, be afraid, be very afraid, was actually originated in this movie. I had no idea that it was as recent as 86. For some reason, I just assumed yeah. that it was like back all in the, day, the way it's back. Always... <laughs> yeah, like Frankenstein or yeah, something. Exactly. Vincent Price style. So, wow, okay. David Cronenberg. Mm-hmm. This guy knows how to make something gross. What other shit has Cronenberg done? So Cronenberg's done a bunch of crazy movies like The Scanners, Videodrome, The Dead Zone, The Fly, of course. He's really got this ability to create horrifying monsters and transformations that are just off-putting now, and gross. was Dead Zone kind of like... Yeah, I'm sorry, but a poor man's Twilight Zone. What no, is it? The Dead Zone was a Stephen King story that oh. became a movie in the 70s starring Christopher Walken. Okay. When he was very young. And his performance in it is fucking amazing. Really? Yeah. And then they made it into a TV show on Sci-Fi Network right. eventually. But what it really is, is it's about a guy who, when he touches somebody, he can see whether or not they're going to die in oh, the future. Okay. And then he tries to like stop that future from happening. Gotcha. Okay. Well, so basically the, the through line with Cronenberg is he, d- he he knows how to make a fucking monster movie. He knows how to make you feel really uncomfortable. Right. And yeah, like he has designs like in, especially exemplified in this movie where holy mm-hmm. shit gross yeah so there's a lot of really fun things explored in this movie we we were kind of surprised because really as we were watching it we're like this is just an allegory for like an abusive relationship abusive in relationship a lot of ways and like drug addiction and drug addiction and right. the way that somebody descends into drug addiction yeah, and I, I didn't expect that I didn't rem- I had seen this in like eighth grade and hadn't seen it since right and I didn't expect that kind of commentary well, 
which was great. Right. And well, as we were talking about it, kind of it was similar to Alien in that it's like, well, growing up watching Alien, we weren't thinking like, ah, straight male fears of face rape. That's Mm -hmm. what this film's about. (laughs) Like, no, it's a sci-fi movie about aliens. So this is, it does talk, you know, it covers teleportation, which we'll talk about. I mean, Mm -hmm. the idea of that is really cool. Mm -hmm. But really... Like all the shit with you know the beginnings of their relation of Gina Davis and Jeff Goldblum's relationship, Grun- Grundlefly. Grundle. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I wish it was Grundle. Grundle is another yeah. word for the taint. The taint, yeah. But- Tate Sorry. fly, Grundle fly. I had Grundle on the brain, I suppose. Well, um, we were talking. About, I mean, both are gross. Yeah, both <laughs> equally gross. <laughs> we're like taint monster, monster fly, fly. Yeah, David Cronenberg monster. <laughs> Anyway, but yeah, so as we're watching it, it was kind of like the beginnings of the relationship. And then him, you know, you even have the classic lines of just like her saying like how scared and alone he is. And he's like, don't look at me. Like it had a very... Inter- yeah. I've seen every intervention episode. That's probably okay. That's all at an intervention. I'm like, ah, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then like yeah, with the drug thing. At one point, he's like, "You're harshing my buzz, man," or like something really close to that. I don't know if it was harshing my buzz, like, but uh, well, I hope so. Wait Turning a minute. into the fly, he should have said harshing my buzz, and then hold for applause. Yeah, and then get move a little on with the movie. Yeah. Get a little Polly Shore pre Polly Shore, <laughs> and then with the buzz, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, this sucks because we've already blown our load. I was when we start talking about our fly facts later. I was gonna be like, "What's the buzz with oh, flies?" Well, so I'm I've been thinking about it all went day. Down this way, <laughs> yeah, just get it out of the way. Yeah, like yeah. you're a disgusting. Well, monster. that was something that I've learned. Like as disgusted as I was by the things in the movie, reading about flies and doing fly research, I'm just realizing like flies are fucking gross. They are disgusting. I feel like we need to build up to how fucking gross flies are. Let's let's start with something small. Teleportation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's begin. Let's get rid of the, let's let's start with the (laughs) non-messy bits. I I feel like, well, because we've talked about this on previous episodes of, well, not teleportation specifically, but like quantum physics and quantum Quantum mechanics yeah, last episode we were talking about Einstein's spooky action at a distance yeah. and things like quantum mechanics and quantum computing mm-hmm. being able to carry more information in one bit. But right. with this, with uh, talking about a little bit about quantum entanglement, mm-hmm. do you want to take it away? You know how I like my metaphors, right? Uh, yeah, I do. So when I was reading about quantum entanglement... <laughs> As you said, yeah. So Einstein described it as spooky action at a distance. But I just, I just think it's so before, like ahead of his time. Like, yeah. yo, so basically, he's just like, this it's shit's like, spooky. It's pretty far away, but that shit's like spooksville. Yeah. Anyway, but another, another metaphor. So entangled particles are sort of the dysfunctional couples of quantum physics. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. tell me more, article. <laughs> I'm just speaking my language. <laughs> it's basically like, you know, that long distance relationship you had in college that didn't really work out. And every time you and your significant other got on the phone or exchanged an email you wound up getting into a fight and feeling a whole lot lousier than you did five minutes ago that's action at a distance what the fuck <laughs> and I was like <laughs> I was like wait is this about you or is this about me I, I, I would think that it's more like you know the idea that twins when they're far like one would stub their toe and yeah. the other one might feel it mm. that fake idea from sci-fi it's closer right. to that, where uh, yes. there are two particles that are entangled, and they're kind of like sharing the same state, even though they're different and in different places. Right. I just, I just appreciated that in the process of trying to explain quantum entanglement, they were uh-huh. like really just proving like 
it's in the past for a reason. Right. Don't reconnect <laughs> with your significant Sounds other. Like whoever wrote that was like, like I just got to work through some shit. Are you going you know, through some shit? What, what do I have to write today? Right. I don't know. I'm going to write I, about my thing, but I, also I, quantum entanglement? I think the, the twin thing makes more sense as opposed to like the first person you dated in high school still, you know, when they right. really boil your blood when you get on right. the phone. It's <laughs> right. like, yeah. anyway. I think what it is here is that if you affect one of the particles, it's mm-hmm. entangled partner, which can be far away, also mm-hmm. has the same effect effect happened to right. it simultaneously yeah so it's a way of kind of like you could do teleportation of information because it's faster than the speed of light even mm-hmm. i think right they can transfer quantum states between two atoms mm-hmm. which includes the atoms energy motion magnetic field and other physical properties how they extend that then to would you turn a distant atom into you and then that atom would go off well it kind of made it seem more about like you said more about information than it is about actually like breaking yourself down to a molecule the idea of being able to transport information at crazy crazy right. speeds i was reading about there's this new study that was published in science magazine where researchers at the delft institute of technology in the netherlands they isolated target entangled electrons inside two super cool diamonds placed 10 meters or 33 feet apart and they created basically mini prisons for them Mm-hmm. Then they manipulated their spin rate and determined that the behavior of one indeed continued to determine the spin of the other and vice versa even at that distance of 33 feet. So basically they were changing the properties of one atom and then the other one was reflecting those changes. Mm-hmm. They would the same they would time. fuck with their spin rate and that mm-hmm. would still affect the other the other atom. That's crazy. Yeah. It's the beginning of what is potentially mm-hmm. even fucking huger. They're talking about 33 feet apart. So, right, right. you know, this is the beginnings of it. But so spin rate to a quantum particle counts as information, and information is what computers traffic in. Right. So, I and don't know. In Again, a way, you know, all of everything. Everything is information, right? <laughs> yeah. The internet is information. Well, that comes to, there's another kind of concept of how you could do teleportation, mm-hmm. which is you step into a machine and it analyzes every atom in your body, its makeup and how it works. Mm-hmm. And then it transmits that information like through a radio signal, let's mm-hmm. say, that travels at the speed of light to a distant place where another pod creates an exact copy of what information it's got now a lot of people think that if you were to do that and destroy the first person the you that stepped into the teleporter in the first place a lot of people really think that it's still you that steps out of the other version and like you wouldn't know it transfers your consciousness a lot of people think another way of looking at it which is my take on it i guess (laughs) which is that i step into a machine and from my perspective i'm just killed And then there's another me with all of my memories that for all intents and purposes to the outside world is me that steps out of the distant one. I personally will not go on and remember any of those things, I think. Mm -hmm. But the the version of me that steps out of the other pod will feel as though he's me, act as though he's me and not know any different. But the actual me will be destroyed. Right. So it's more of a cloning process through teleportation well, in my I guess mind. The brain just by itself without like the experiences that happen to the brain is that mm-hmm. something that is ref- like it, our experiences are what form so much so well, is it we like we're talking about the way that neural pathways are laid down in memories in the looper episode right right and that is a physical thing that could be measured so you could theoretically atom by atom recreate the memory pathways in a brain totally. and then you would actually have all the same memories as you would before 
That is wild to think about because I, I think that would be my, my biggest drawback is like, yeah, okay, it doesn't fucking make any difference to me if like someone that looks and sounds like me comes out there because the reason that I look and sound the way I am is because of stupid shit that happened right, to me as right. a kid. So like I mm-hmm. am a little bit or very much cynical about that. There's going to be some glitchy, stupid thing or, you know, and then depending on like who has the power to like implant certain mm-hmm. memories or to, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. It just really opens the door. Fuck. Yeah. And like, I guess it's a big question of like, would you step on the Star Trek teleporter? Mm -hmm. And in Star Trek, and I know for a fact, like in the writer's room, they used to talk about this all the time. But there are characters who like refuse to get on the transporter because they're like, I don't want to be disassembled and reassembled. And I don't know that it's me on the other side or that I'm not going to just have my existence ended. And then the new me goes off not knowing anything's different. Right. Because to the outside world, it will be as though you teleported. Totally. But to you... It could be just like... I don't know. And then it gets into an existential question of like, does your soul travel with you? Yeah. So a lot of people, based on their beliefs already, kind of approach this question. I think it depends on the stakes of what you're talking about. Because I think we were mentioning this before. It's like, if it's simply a matter of being able to get somewhere faster on the Earth, it's kind of like, fuck you. Right. You can fly. You can, you can set aside the day that you need to travel or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I feel like when if we got to the point where we needed to make that choice to go you know, light years and light years away, we're probably at a place where it's like a life or death scenario. Like if you have to escape the planet, then you're kind of like, I guess it's a chance. Yeah, then we could at least like send out, yeah, some version of us. I think the reality of it being unweighted or just sort of like, this is a casual choice I'm going to make is so, so, so far down the line. You'd probably be faced with other really intense choices. Yeah, before with whatever tech is like built into that. Yeah. (laughs) With other implications of that same technology. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, One one final thing to just put a pin on this, and I uh, I even re-looked. What's funny is like, this is from the quantum physics section of Time Magazine, and it's called why uh, Quantum Physics and Why They Matter. And they finish it by basically saying that quantum particles entangled at a distance could be to contemporary computers what contemporary computers are to scratch marks on a flat stone. Oh, fuck. Hashtag evolution. <laughs> Hashtag mind blown. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, that, that's the biggest thing. That is a is huge like, difference, though. It's a, <laughs> it's a huge difference. pretty big difference. It's pretty big. And, and yeah, when you talk about differences like that, you're talking about magic to us. Yeah. And you're talking about like stuff that it's like, I don't know how that's going to affect society. Yeah. Also from drawings on a flat stone to now is the hundreds of thousands of years. You mean a couple hundred years? For From, really? I mean, like how long the printing press has been around for not very long. Oh, I long. guess that's a really good point. Like a couple hundred, right. a few well, hundred Well, I mean, years. that totally filled, like buys into what we've been talking, like the, the crazy exponential right. shit of how. Well, that's why like Ray Kurzweil, the futurist he's the author of the singularity is near which Mm -hmm. is talking about in 2045 we don't know what's going to happen but he has a view of like look if you go back 500 years there wasn't much that changed Mm -hmm. over a generation Mm -hmm. you go back 50 years the amount that's changed over a generation is huge i guess i'm just thinking but the difference between stone yeah sure there's the ten commandments but there's Mm -hmm. like i'm thinking like in egypt with like papyrus and literally just writing things down which is still not that much more sophisticated all that is within the last couple thousand years right right totally and so that's like like two to three thousand years ago we were just we were barely able to write on paper right and now yeah It, it is interesting because i think we are living in the time where the graph of technology, mm-hmm. the hockey stick curve oh, yeah. of Big time. the exponential increase is like, we're in that bend where it goes vertical. 
Yes. Oh, yes. And it's crazy because the more vertical it gets, the more... Do you think we're still in the bend or we're at the beginning of the straight? I think that... Well, like straight vertical, you mean? Straight vertical, yeah. (laughs) I think that we're like most of the way through the bend. Sure, okay. Where the bend, I would say, like really started happening about 70 years ago. Yeah. And then really like the internet is the thing where it probably went vertical. Right. That was probably what made it Yeah, that's... So, okay, but you're saying the earth on a, we worry we have the bends is basically we what we're getting at right now. We're pretty fun. Uh, yeah, man. And I, it seems to me that it's that it's only going to go up. I mean, I guess that I just every time that we do one of these episodes, it, it just it reaffirms why we're doing it, you know, mm. and, and why this shit is of, of interest to me. Even right. when you think about like politics and stuff, people that are like, well, my coal job, where is that going? And you're mm. like, it's never coming back. And right. it, it, you might as well at least like think about these things because it's here, it's now, like how do we feel about it? At right. the very least, like get how you feel about it out of the way mm-hmm. so that when it's actually something you're faced with, you're like, right, great, right. let me go into this with a level head as opposed to being like, I'm sorry, you want me to put my chip in my finger in order to open a door? <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Another thing about like the teleportation in the movie is that he can teleport inanimate objects, but he can't teleport human beings mm-hmm. yet. And he's like, nobody can know about this until I can teleport human beings. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was funny from the perspective of, well, teleporting inanimate objects is a pretty useful fucking thing yeah, to put out there into the world. And like he would have made billions and billions of dollars. And like also it would have changed the world for the better. Right. I mean, I understand that that's his his ideal is for it to be this like start out with a bang. But you're like, you know how that's convenient a fucking that be. bang. Yeah. That is starting with a bang. And you're like, oh, I want I just bought something on eBay and now I have it. Right. Anyway, but Grundle, Brundlefly. <laughs> <laughs> Grundle the Brundle, he didn't want that. Let's get into some horrifying fly facts. Okay. I just have a big old fucking list. I've got a bunch of stuff too. Okay. Oh, well, here's. You want to go back and forth one and then one? I think we should. Let's give some context before we just get straight up nasty. It's like, what's the history of a housefly? (laughs) So apparently, houseflies are relatively young insects on the evolutionary timeline. True flies are ancient creatures that appeared on Earth during the Permian period over 250 million years ago. Mm. However, the earliest known musca fossils, because was I think the fly is called, yeah, musca domestica, yeah. housefly. Yeah. I'm sure I'm saying that completely correct. Muscae, musca, 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 musco, who cares? <laughs> um, the earliest known uh, musca fossils are only 70 million years old, and it looks like the reason that they are around is because of humans so like that was one of the other things like houseflies only exist where humans are really yeah i didn't get that one really they houseflies are believed to be native to central asia but now they inhabit every nearly every corner of the of the globe with the exception of antarctica and perhaps a few islands houseflies live everywhere people do Wow. Isn't that nuts? That is nuts. Because there are, you know, there's horse flies or whatever, but the mm-hmm. house fly, like what the Brundle's got life. turned into. Yeah, because I read that there's more than 120,000 species of flies in the world with 18,000 in North America alone. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know how many different, yeah, if you're talking about the house fly, I guess it does only live around human beings. Yeah. That's pretty They crazy. are known as synanthropic organisms, meaning they benefit ecologically from their association with humans and our domesticated animals. Mm. Did you learn if there was like a reason that we want flies around? Because I didn't really find anything that was like, the flies are actually keeping the crops clean or, you know, something. Yeah, uh, like the bees bees or something like that. Um, Well, I mean, I guess not 
I didn't. Yeah, I didn't really find. I didn't the, find like, anything that that was thing. like, "Hey, we need flies." So like, huh. even though they're gross, still love them. It's sort of a just like you want to complain about houseflies, complain about too many fucking people, because that's what this other it says. Uh. As humans throughout history traveled to new lands by ship, plane, train, or horse-drawn wagon, houseflies were their travel companions. Uh-huh. And then from there, you know, houseflies are rarely found in the wilderness or in places where humans are absent. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like, well, maybe stop shitting and pissing and leaving garbage well, all over the how place are we gonna? because <laughs> the thing is like i guess they also love dog shit right you know like any kind of thing that i guess a fly has the smelling distance of over 750 yards yikes so it can smell real far away like i guess they're they're shitting on everything that they they yeah. land on oh, yeah. like every three Puking, minutes or pooping. something it's yeah. it's shitting and then the female house fly only mates once uh-huh. And then carries the sperm around for her whole life. And whenever she like finds a good place to land on like a bunch of human yeah. shit on the ground, she lays like a batch of 100 eggs and then moves on and like just like eggs here and there. And I just thought it was interesting that they they fuck once. But they lay eggs all over the place. That's crazy. Yeah, so female housefly lays an average of 120 eggs at a time. Mm-hmm. They fuck a lot. So it's like, like they, they, well, no, I mean, like you said, they fuck <laughs> once, but it's like they, then there's just so many of them, they're fucking a lot. Yeah. So it's, scientists once calculated what would happen if a single pair of flies were able to reproduce without limits or mortality of their offspring. Mm-hmm. The result, those two flies in just five months' time would produce, I don't even know what this number is. One, two, three, four, five, six. It's like a Googleplex. Yeah, maybe. It's like one, nine, one, and then one, two, three, four, and then six sets of zeros. Wow. Six sets? Of three zeros. Of three zeros? All right. That's a number. 18 zeros. That's enough. 19 and then 18 zeros. Two flies in In how long? five months. Fuck. Literally. Well, how are we going to ever get rid of these things? Totally shitballs. Yeah, if they didn't die. Oh, my God. Holy God. Here's something that was really interesting that we may be able to use flies for good. Okay. Because the ability of a housefly larvae to feed and develop in a wide range of decaying organic matter is important for recycling nutrients in nature. And research suggests that this adaptation can be exploited to combat the huge amounts of waste in the world. So housefly larvae can be like mass reared in a controlled manner in animal manure and it reduces the bulk of the waste and minimizes the environmental risks and then harvested maggots can be used as feed for animal nutrition jesus mary and joseph yeah okay well let's cover a couple other things that happens in the movie here's one thing Mm -hmm. remember that really gross scene when jeff goldblum's like hang on i gotta eat and then he vomits all over some shit and then slurps it up well that's true the vomiting like it melts down like at one point he he pukes on a guy's ankle and it just like melts his through his ankle yeah like it's alien acid blood Right. Because, well, because the fly vomit contains digestive enzymes that go to work on the desired snack. And so it pre-digests it. Because their mouths, they don't have, obviously they don't have teeth. Yeah. But they just basically have these like sponge-like mouth parts. Yeah. So they have to spit on it and then suck it all up. And they're and not, then, yeah. Well, the other thing is like their tongues are shaped like straws. Yeah. So they're like. like I have oh, a milkshake. Oh. I drink <laughs> your milkshake. Your shit shake. Well, they also, they fucking eat whatever that, you know, because sometimes I'll anything be like. Anything liquid, right? Yeah. Well, anything. So even if he hands, lands on your goddamn hamburger, 
They can just be like, and then just like some part of it will, that enzyme will eat it up and they'll suck it up. But you know, sometimes I'll be at picnics and just be like, geez, these flies. But I'm never like too upset about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, a little oh, bit like, come these. on, get out oh, of these. Come on, flies. go Don't away. Kill the fly. yeah. I'm not going to swap the fly. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm like, you fucking, <laughs> like, no wonder there's all these crazy like fly. I know that there's yeah. the mosquito shit with already out of the news. The, 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 the oh, the Zika virus. Zika, and yeah, stuff. God. Yeah. God, that was so huge last year. Now we're like, Zika? Nobody's talking about it anymore. Any of those um, pandemics of the day, usually I don't put too much stock in them. Or yeah. I'm freaking out about them. Oh, also, it, although it can try to eat you and like vomit on your skin, it's not strong enough to actually melt human skin. Right. Sure. So that's, Otherwise, don't I worry think about all it. of us would be melted away. Oh my God. We would be destroyed. I know. Uh, yeah. The, way too small to be like, no. Gross. Yeah, I guess exactly. that's kind of like how daddy long legs are supposed to be like super poisonous, but their teeth are too small to bite humans. Right. Daddy long legs. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's one of those that it's like, is that true? They, anybody could have told me that bullshit. And I've never corroborated that. Yeah, evidence. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, no, that's a thing. I just know that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fact <laughs> yeah. that um, is real. Hey, this is Jeff from the future editing bay. That isn't true at all about the daddy long legs. Most daddy long legs don't even have venom sacks. So the whole thing about their mouths doesn't matter. We just left that as is. Didn't really look that up on the day, but turns out daddy long legs, they aren't even poisonous. So that total urban myth. Bye. Here's a random fact. Before they fly, flies must jump up and move backwards, then forward. That's weird. I don't have a follow-up as to why. But oh, it kind of makes sense, right? I think like, I did read something about that because there was something about how its instincts when it sees a possible fly swatter. Mm-hmm. Like, I read this thing about how flies evade fly swatter so well. Uh-huh. And it's like its brain can do the mathematical calculation of where it's going to head down to. And then its legs already position itself immediately to be able to jump in the opposite direction. And then when it sees that it's actually a fly swatter coming, it jumps. So it's like this weird innate premonition kind of weird that oh, it like, like prepares itself yeah. to jump. Gotcha. It's like super fucking fast. Uh, Houseflies live what 15, 20 days? Adult flies normally live for yeah two to four weeks, but they can hibernate during the winter. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. Fuck you. Fuck you. Uh, well, so fuck we, you. We've you already said they fly. they taste with their feet. Their feet. Did we say that? Yeah, they no, taste with I their don't feet. think we did. Hey, just... guys, in addition to having gross sponge mouths and, like, acid vomit, they taste with their, taste with their stinky fucking feet. I'm sure they're stinky. I'm sure they're stinky. No doubt in my they're mind. They're rubbing them on poop. <laughs> their feet are 10 million times more sensitive to sugar than the human tongue. What? Yeah. And, and I got that a sweet makes sense tooth. Because I'm, and I got a sweet tooth. Well, and it makes sense because did you notice also how Jeff Goldblum becomes more like, hey, 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 oh, throughout yeah, the thing. It's like, no wonder. I, I think I said during during the, sh- the movie, what did I say? I said something super fucking clever. Let me just, <laughs> let yeah. me just scroll Joy up. was real genius. Just, no, I was saying Jeff Goldblum is the perfect person to play someone on a sugar high. Oh, yeah. Right? Like if the fly is like, I'm so sensitive to sugar. It yeah. makes sense. But also it makes <laughs> sense with our like. It's clearly an allegory for drug because, addiction. Because, uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. uh, and, and the other thought. Either Jeff Goldblum on sugar or cocaine, it's just a yeah. recipe for disaster <laughs> and a lot of erratic behavior. Yeah. You have one more fly fact? Yeah. This is kind of weird. So, you know how, like, a male in a human being carries the kind of genetic information of whether or not the offspring is going to be male or female? Uh-huh. Because women are XX, men are YX, and so it's male determination of how it's done. We don't know still how the housefly's sex is determined. 
it's thought like to exhibit several different mechanisms for sex determination, like male heterogamy, which I think is like us, mm-hmm. female heterogamy, which is like birds, and and also maternal control over offspring sex. And the exact mechanism of sex determination in the housefly is still unresolved. So I find that amazing. We have something that's so around us all the time. You'd think that we've studied it to death right. and we still don't know for sure how, how it. it's determined sex. Interesting. Like I, I find that incredibly hard to believe with like we haven't mapped the genome of the housefly. Of the housefly. We must have. And that didn't give us that information. I, well, it's it, it doesn't seem like it would be for lack of trying, right? Maybe no, it's it just doesn't. like there's yeah. such mysterious poop creatures that like <laughs> Yeah. But I, it just, it, that's one of those things that reminds me in this podcast a lot. We talk about like how far we've come yeah. and how much we know. And it's a good reminder all the time of like, we're still pretty early in that hockey yeah. stick graph. We're still from, early in understanding animals, let alone ourselves. Ourselves, yeah. Or insects, right? Mm-hmm. And we're all, but we're all connected. So to pretend like we somehow know everything about us or like what, what, gender or sex or whatever is here. Is, yeah. Is, I, I mean, I still can't get over that fact that fruit flies carry 60% of the genome yeah. of a human being. It's fucking wild. That's nuts. What does it matter that it's an allegory for drug addiction? Do we have anything that we care about or that's just something that we've pointed out? I don't know. I mean, that's a good question. I didn't read any Cronenberg interviews about like what he was specifically trying to do other yeah. than gross us the fuck out. Right. So I think it's more of just us. I don't know if we're making leaps or if it's just all kind of... Inter- it seems really, like, like it's pretty there. It's that, pretty like, there. Like, and the way that Gina Davis approaches him and the way they kind of interact, it's clearly about a broken relationship or at least a relationship with an addict. Yeah. Well, and especially with like you're changing everyone since mm-hmm. you went in, like things are happening to you, X, Y, or Z. Right. Like, you're and he's like... I want more of it. it. It helps me. It does me. Right. It does better. And he's totally tweaking out. I, I would find it extremely hard to believe that that was just an accident. Yeah, I mean, he's like scratching his chin yeah. in a way that's like you know, literally very, saying, like, "You're you're like you're basically you're wheezing off my juice, buddy." Yeah. <laughs> it's like, God. so then one of the other things too is as he's going through this, as Brundle's going through this transition. He starts having weird shit happen. His ears, his ear falls off. Ugh. Like it, just all of the weird sores and all of the shit. So I was looking into. Have you heard of this crazy street drug, Crocodile? No. Okay. Crocodile. Crocodile. What's the deal? What's the? Yeah. Well, you were gonna have that buzz joke earlier, yeah. so give What's me a, the... give me a fucking break. What's the Crocodile with? All right, I'm just. We'll, S- we'll see keep you one later, of those Crocodile. <laughs> What's sad is it's like it's a drug that makes you rot to death. So oh, no. oh, <laughs> that's like, get all yeah. our little chuckles out. Yeah. Anyway, so this I, I read an article in the Independent from 2011. So this was when this drug was first kind of hitting the streets, and since then it's even bigger. But okay. it, it was something that apparently started in like Serbia, Russia, and other parts of Eastern Europe. But now I think there's like reports of it happening in Florida because of course Florida, right, is the first to right. have some. That's where the bath salts drug. happened. I remember. Yeah. yeah. But so this is I, I've kind of liked reading about it from when it was first starting because it was uh-huh. really like wait what so just to give some background russia apparently has more heroin users than any other country in the world which is up to two million according to unofficial esti- estimates what crocodile huh. is similar to heroin except for so it's a it's a desomorphine it's a synthetic opiate that is many times more powerful than heroin while heroin costs from 20 to 60 pounds per dose desomorphine can be cooked from codeine-based headache pills that cost you know two 
pounds per pack or two euros per pack rather and wow. other household ingredients available cheaply from the market so it's basically super cheap heroin super super cheap heroin that you're cutting together with like poisons with like iodine is a major ingredient in this so tell me how it's better than heroin cheaper <laughs> i mean i mean oh. like the drug effect and stuff like i get i get it's that it's cheaper it's like just really a lot more powerful the difference oh, wow. though is that it, yeah it said it's many times more powerful than heroin but the problem is is because you're basically just injecting poison into yourself the high only lasts like 90 minutes heroin lasts for hours at a time so this is one of those like if you're a junkie you're right. spending the majority of your day just cooking this shit uh -huh. and injecting yourself Ugh. and what it does is it quickly turns the skin scaly and worse follows so it was talking about anecdotal evidence with these people this guy oleg and sasha they haven't been using it for long but basically this girl sasha her skin was just falling off and are they like lepers like what no it's like your skin rots away Ugh. like literally to the to the point where like it, like around it where like the needle injection is kind of thing or just or? anywhere oh in your body God. and it to the point where the bone shows sometimes what? like you rot this is not a joke like Fuck. yeah this is code red alert yeah it's really Jesus. so the, the the flesh goes gray it peels away it leaves bones exposed they literally rot to death yeah it's really fucking crazy and they talk about, like, the people that use it. There's, like, this really disgusting smell of iodine that comes off of them because that's part of it. Um, any place that's been, like, a, a cooking facility for it just, like, reeks of iodine. What a horrible thing. It's yes. like, guys, get that clean heroin. Yeah. Am I right? Well... I mean, I think the one of the reasons, too, that I brought this up is it's one thing to be like, crazy Eastern Europe. Oh, Russia's got a heroin problem. And you're like, oh, America has a heroin problem. Yeah, America yeah. has an opioid problem. And America also has a severe wealth inequality problem. And well, so this crocodile deal must be headed this way. Oh, yeah. Like I said, I think there, there's a couple of cases in, in, in Florida. Florida. You yeah. But it's like, yeah, it's one of those where at first it seems so absurd. But yeah. if you're like, once you're an addict, and this apparently seems, it looks like, Heroin, like, you know, you've got a, a few shitty days of going through withdrawal. Right. This is one of those where you're like, it lasts for like months sometimes. Months? Withdrawal. Yeah. So it's like, you don't want to fucking what quit. What the fuck? It's fucking disgusting. Well, like, what's crazy is to think, like, my understanding is that, like, Oxycontin is more expensive and cleaner heroin. Mm -hmm. And then heroin is, like, supposed to be the dangerous cheap one. Right. That people switch to after getting hooked on Oxycontin. Right. The, this is, like, heroin to Oxycontin, but to heroin? Yeah. Jesus this was the like, gosh, when I can't afford the heroin, I do the crocodile. And Man. then my skin rots away. And I. What a. Like, new chemical drugs is such a crazy idea to me. Like, we were doing Minority Report, and they were doing a thing where it was like narrowin addicts was what they called it like there was like some drug called narrowin Interesting. and then the narrowin addicts children started having these nightmares right. of murder and then they realized that the murders were coming true so that's like how the precogs came oh, into existence right, right, in right. that movie was that yeah like they had heroin it narrowin addicts uh -huh. who then had kids who had these crazy psychic abilities Oh, but well, that's right. I forgot. I didn't realize that they made it as blatant as narrowin rhymes with heroin. Yeah, no, that's, that's funny. What they well, I saw one of them tropicamide, and huh. it's used as eye drops by ophthalmologists to dilate the pupils during eye examinations. But if you inject it, the drug has severe psychiatric effects. What? <laughs> but then also brings on suicidal tendencies. It's one of those things. Like I use drugs. Right. You use drugs. We right. all use drugs. Right. Everybody has a way of dealing with it, and it's sort of like instead of I think what the conversation should be, and this is for like people bigger than me mm. it's instead of punishing the addict right understand like 
whether you're an addict or not, like people use drugs. Right. We might as well so make we them legal. So we should make legal, them all clean and free. Clean, legal, affordable. Available on every store. Right? It's just like, no. I don't know. I, because it's like, there's no fucking reason that anybody should be injecting poison into themselves. No, and well, if it's a financial thing, then that's that's more of a question on like society than just like it's, those it's, loser poor people who can't afford heroin. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It's so weird. Well, it's definitely a libertarian belief that we shouldn't, regulate anything that you do to yourself and only like uh -huh. what you may rights you may infringe on other people's right. so if you take libertarianism to an extreme you can be like let's make heroin legal let's make mm -hmm. it clean and then people who want that can do that in a safe way right and there is an argument to be made totally. for that but then there's a reality of like well if it's available in that kind of a way more people may want to try it and right. so there's a lot of arguments to be made and it gets more muddled for sure when it comes to the harder drugs but i just think until you eliminate the blatant and like bone crushing hypocrisy i was listening to jeff sessions earlier talking about marijuana as like a gateway drug to hell but we still are allowing people to buy booze at any corner bodega oh yeah you know what i mean, I mean? like it's the idea like, that alcohol is legal and weed is not is yeah. so you can't the whole, od on weed yeah. like all of those so that's why it's even hard to have like a realistic reasonable conversation about it yeah. when it's like we're still living in in crazy town yeah and if you outlaw all drugs then you got to get rid of coffee right and exactly. you gotta get rid everything's of, you know, a drug in that and regard it, and so it's it's a tough yeah Tough line but to I do agree, like, if you just make heroin available, I, that's not, I don't know. There's got to be some middle ground, right? Because I'm like, people clearly get it, whether or not, you know, governments want you to. Yeah. <laughs> well, we were talking about the deep web in, in that episode yeah. about the net. And, yeah. like, you know, people will go for whatever they want. Totally. And there's going to be somebody who's going to service that. Yeah. But how should the proper government society yeah. figure out how to implement, like, uh, there's so many difficult things yeah, we could yeah. definitely do at the very least we need to do a better job of like rehabilitation yes yeah than totally. punishment yeah throwing throwing drug addicts in jail is just not the it way. feels like a hacky old thing to say like like duh yeah. we all know that we should be doing that but then why aren't we why aren't we because for-profit prisons probably yeah, a lot that's of a big different. one yeah but i mean i guess that's what this is a huge conversation to me but it's just like yeah. i start with the just revulsion mm -hmm. and i mean i can show you some fucking pictures of crocodile that's fucking disgusting show me one i feel like we should for this for the sake of the show me your grossest okay i'm not looking forward to this looking up rashes on google it's it's, it's a bad there's news. one oh god yeah what the fuck yeah that is Oh, holy shit. Yeah. That's like almost exactly like what Brundle did to the guy's ankle when he puked on his ankle and then it like melted through. Like that looks a lot like something. I Ew! I know. Oh my God. I know. To think that that's like self-induced. It's like somebody took like a golf divot last out of his one, foot. Last what one. the? All right. What right. is that's from The Walking Dead? Right, don't exactly. don't tell me that up. that's not. I know that. Well, that's the thing too, is because there are like these. It looks like I have not been doctored. There's some that they've clearly made like crazy over the top, but okay. it's like the real shit is already nasty. Right, like, but it definitely looks like zombie skin. Right. <sighs> yep. Oh. Yeah, they're talking about cases that showed up in Mexico. Get that fucking image out of my mind. It's really hard. It's really hard to get out of your fucking mind. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Well, um, that's very sad. Those are probably like really severe cases. I don't got, think it, the internet tends yeah. to 
bubble yes. those to the surface. I mean, it, but it also makes it seem like you have maybe a year of doing this drug before you're dead. Before it's before you're dead. Yeah, yeah, because it's straight up. It's just straight up poison. You know, at least what like if you with, just did it once in a while. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> It sounds to me like you do it once and you're like, yeah, it's fucking. Yeah, it doesn't crazy. sound like the th- a thing you do yeah. casually. Like even with something like heroin, where you're like, it's so gnarly, but you're like, it's yeah. still based in nature. I mean, oh god. <laughs> in some regard, how much yeah. cooking and shit goes into that? Like, what is the process of heroin? Doesn't uh, matter. Like it, this, we're getting tangential, but I'm like, yeah. How do you turn that shit from a from a plant, a little poppy? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, because that's right, because it comes from poppy. <laughs> yeah. But poppy. I know that it's really just getting it down to the yeah. the molecule that is an opioid that then interacts with your brain in a specific way. Fucking crazy, dude. It's really crazy All stuff. All right. Well, I'm grossed out. What's uh? Yeah, I'm fully grossed. I'm engrossed in this podcast. <laughs> We're cutting that. Science. All right, so because because he has this whole teleporter just like in his apartment right. in the movie, and he's yep. just like building this thing at his loft. Yep. I looked into garage inventors to see who's built crazy shit in their garage. I found a story about this fourteen-year-old kid who built a nuclear reactor in his garage. What? Yep. There's a book called The Boy Who Played with Fusion colon extreme science extreme parenting and how to make a star it's all about this kid and i guess he just like went to an abandoned uranium mine in the virginia mountains which i didn't know that this was a thing that you could just like go in to a uranium mine but i guess there was a chain link fence that he hopped right and he went right in with a pickaxe and a flashlight (laughs) and got himself some stuff that he turned into yellow cake like in his own apartment I, i love it so from the article, it said there was like telling this story of like going into the uranium mine with the kid and stuff. And the person says, when we go back over the fence, Taylor's Geiger counter brushes against his thigh and he realizes that his pant leg is radioactive. Oh, no. So he rips his pants off and sits there in his boxer shorts trying to figure out what kind of radiation it is. It's not loose contamination, he says. So it makes me think that it's been on my pants for a while. But how? My jeans are usually not radioactive at the start of the day. So this kid's like into some shit. Wow. <laughs> he's he's not afraid of this. And he's like some kind of super genius. And his, pa- you know, the book I think is about like how his parents feel about sure. this and all that. I think one thing we can say for certain, Radioactive Pants is an excellent band or, <laughs> yes. or improv team name. <laughs> hey, everybody, we're Radioactive Pants. Can uh, I get a one word suggestion from yeah, the audience, please? <laughs> I think more than band, right? Yeah, anyway, radioactive, radioactive Pants. Pants. That's pretty fucking cool, though. But yeah, he, he then, like, because this kid's just a genius and he understands how nuclear fusion and fission can be used in all these different ways. And he had an epiphany that the shipping containers entering the U.S to the tune of 10,000 a day are the quote soft underbelly of security because mm. we, we don't inspect them very well because of the sheer number of them. Sure. And so he had this idea to create a drive-through system that could see inside the containers before they're loaded onto trucks and rail cars. Uh-huh. And his idea was to use the neutrons from a fusion reaction to create a weapons sniffing detector. Wow. And the Homeland Security and the Department of Energy heard about this and invited him, this 14-year-old kid, to Washington to submit a grant proposal to develop the weapons detector. Fuck. 
So I don't know where that's at right now. That was like a year ago, but I mean, it's great. Kids working with them. Yeah, because on one like, wow. First of all, I didn't know that there was that much you know cargo and shit that's not even yeah ten thousand crates a day. It sounds so cinematic, right? This kid's just like Mm -hmm. I'm in the hills of West Virginia. Mm -hmm. I'm breaking into this abandoned mine, but for for a good purpose. I mean, that's to me that's like letting the free market work, right? Well, I guess he's one of thirty two people to ever build a nuclear reaction in his own home. Nerds, nerd, nerd alert. <laughs> I bet he plays D&D. <laughs> Shall we go into favorite lines? Let's do it. Well, first of all, I did find the line. It, okay. Gina Davis didn't quote, kill his buzz. However, <laughs> he does say, you're a drag. Yeah, that was what I was thinking <laughs> of. Yeah, that was the line I was trying to think hey, of. man, you're a drag, which is only said by 70s people slash Drug, drug yeah, player, yeah, like this one in the same. Quit being a drag. You're such a drag, man. Do you, I already well, let's said go that back and forth because, like, I don't really have lines. I have one. One is a fact that you know who produced this movie? Mm-mm. Mel Brooks. What? Well, he had a production company called Brooks Films. Okay. And he had wanted to like make a remake of The Fly, and so he's like, it's Mel Brooks is responsible for David Cronenberg's wow. The Fly. Okay. Which is just interesting. A, an interesting little tidbit. But, you know, and it's not like it was like a funny, you know, it's not like I'm like, oh, God, the fucking right. Melbourne style, you know, yeah. it's like very well it's made. and blazing flydles. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Right. Damn it. I'm the opposite of on fire today. This is a quote from Mr. Brundle saying, I haven't taught the computer to be made crazy by the flesh. It's a lot of flesh talk, there remember? There was flesh, yeah. There was so being, much, which I was trying to understand the, the through flesh. line here, like computers versus flesh or whatever. I don't know. It just Flesh, first of all, is just a off-putting terrible word. word. It's so yeah. off-putting. The only time I remember it so much is from the fucking Hellraiser movies, right? It's just like, <laughs> yo, flesh is mine. Yeah. Like this kind of stuff. So anybody saying flesh, I'm like, whoa, whoa. God but damn. to me, this seems like a very just like, well, I think, I think like. the idea there is that he's trying to get the computer to understand human tissue. Uh-huh. And he uses the term flesh. Right. Because it can understand like a nylon sock uh-huh. and it can move that from one thing to another. But can it molecularly analyze your flesh? Your flesh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So this isn't actually in the movie, but I read about a famous scene that got cut from the movie Oof. after the first test screenings. So it says... A legendary and infamous sequence in which the desperate Brundlefly uses telepods to merge an alley cat and a surviving baboon together in an attempt to find a cure for his condition. But the resulting monkey cat creature comes out of the receiving telepod terribly deformed and in unendurable pain. The creature attacks Brundle, who ends up beating the two-headed creature to death with a metal pipe to end its misery. Which sounds horrifying. The sequence goes on to show the disturbed Brundle scaling the wall of his lab up to the roof, only to feel a sharp pain in his left side. He accidentally slips off the roof, slides down the wall, and lands on a metal awning, and watches as a small fly-like leg emerges from his torso. Horrified by the new appendage, he amputates it with his teeth. Yeah, you're just like... Fuck. Overkill. Yeah. Overkill. Like, there's and I think already... it made people just turn on him in a way where it was like, this guy's just taking an innocent cat and, yeah. and beating it well, to death. Well, they had the fucking scene where they, they tried to transport the baboon and it and turned into a... And he went inside out. Yeah. yeah. And, and then they were like very casually like, okay, let's fuck now. You know, they were like really... Gina Davis each... got over the fact that she saw the most horrifying thing a human being's ever <laughs> seen. <laughs> Pretty well, quick. Both of them did. I was like, I'm not happy with either yeah. of you. But I yeah, got the sense the... that he'd done this before. Right. 
Because she was like, can it do a person? He's like... Nah. Nah. No. I'm not going to do that yet. I mean, but then even at the end when Gina Davis is like, I don't want it in my body. And she's like in the abortion clinic. And then there's like this weird where I was like, it's hard to not watch everything with the guise of like, okay, this was made in 86. Like what was going on societally that made people feel weird? Granted, she doesn't want like a fly monster inside her. But then there was this weird like. Settle down, little lady. Sleep on it. Maybe it, it's going to be okay. She's right. like, I don't want it. I'm not. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> it's easy to probably, you know, equate or assign much more yeah. to this film than Well, I guess there, in that, that's kind of like a pregnancy off of a rape, maybe. Yeah. Kind of thing where that's it's true. like, I don't want this in me. And right. everybody being like, look, abortion is bad. Right, exactly. And her so, being like, no, I don't <laughs> want it. You're like on the Senate floor, if they're debating it, be like, I'd like to bring everybody's attention to the 1986 film, The Fly. <laughs> and let's say someone was raped by a fly well, monster. A horrifying fly monster. <laughs> right. Anyway, love this movie. I love the two of them. It is weird to think about like this starting Gina Davis and Jeff Goldblum's like romance. Yeah. Well. And by romance, you, I said gonna, romance. <laughs> something's going to bring them together. Yeah. Uh, it would be this horrifying film. Yowzers. Anything else? I do want to say to everybody, we want to hear back from you guys. Mm-hmm. If you guys have anything that any thoughts on the podcast, anything even going back into the back catalog, we'd love to hear from you. We're on Facebook and Twitter. Mm-hmm. We've got No But That's a Thing, the Facebook page. We've got at No But That's a Thing on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And you can directly email us at no but that's a thing at gmail.com. Yep. And any other way that you want to try to get in touch. Yeah. I'm Jeff Ekman. I'm Joy Italiano. If you have any movies that you think would be good for us, yeah. if you have any comments, any Anytime that you've been like, no, but that's a thing. Yeah. And you want us to know about it, please share. Yeah, we want to hear. Are you guys listening? Are you guys have your own thoughts? I bet you do. Yeah. We want to hear them. We're we're all ears. In the meantime, Galaxy Quest next week? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Meantime, stay cool. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We'll again decide after recording this what we're going to do. Okay. Bye. Bye.